No, at least they're alive. And I can promise you that. Experience. My name is Darian. It's just me again this week, inmates. I apologize for that. Monica had surgery this very morning on her back. So the whole sciatic thing. Uh, I've checked in with her. She's doing well. She is, however, bedridden. I don't have high hopes of her being back next week. She says she could, that it is a possibility, but I'm going to say not looking very good in that department. Um... Back surgery, man. That's not something you, you bounce back from. No pun intended. <laughs> it's early. It's a little early in the show for those kind of jokes. Knock it the fuck off. Buddy, still out of town. Don't know what he's doing. I think he just checked in at a rec- uh, Mexican restaurant, so good for him. Hope he's getting some taquitos or perhaps an enchilada or a uh, sombrero or some other... That's a hat, actually, isn't it? Sombrero's a hat, yeah. Uh, some uh, Maybe some tacos or something like that. Hope he's having a great time. He's not here. I don't know if he's going to be back next week either. It might just be me, motherfuckers, for the uh, foreseeable future. So hope you're okay with that. If not, feel free to go ahead and shove right off. <laughs> it's also early in the show for hostility, isn't it? Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, I got horror news, listener mail. I got all the, the usual stuff that we always do. With or without those two guys, let's go ahead and kick things off, shall we? Oh, dude, before, before I get into that, I got to tell you, uh, the Oculus Quest, I told you about it last week, the uh, virtual headset, virtual reality headset, uh, they're, dude, the, the, the caliber of horror games on this thing. I know I talked about the Blair Witch game before, but there's some other shit. Uh, they, I just picked up a Wraith the Oblivion game for this fucking thing. It's based on the old World of Darkness uh, uh, role-playing game that we used to play here on the show. Uh, it is downright creepy. And then I also got a uh, roller coaster game that I am still experiencing nausea from. It might be a bit too much, this virtual reality stuff. It might be. It might may, maybe... You know, for the young kids who uh, can, like, adapt to it and their brains are still somewhat malleable, maybe for them, okay. But for 42-year-old Darian, maybe not so much. Maybe I'll just stick to the PS4 from now on. I don't need need to vomit from playing a video game, dude, okay? I get involved, you know. I, 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 
you know, I invest myself and my time in these things. I don't need to be vomiting or uh, experiencing nausea or other symptoms from a fucking video game, okay? I think I'm done with that roller coaster game. It pissed me off. All right, anyway, uh, regular show, horror news, listener mail. Oh, shit, all the regular fun stuff. Get my fucking act together. Let's uh, kick things off with a little horror news here, shall we, kiddos? I got a few things to talk about. Horror news. Yeah, you do. Escape Room 2. Last time we talked about it. Have you seen the Escape Room yet? It's pretty good. I know I've talked about it here on the show before. I was looking forward to the sequel. They kept pushing it back. Uh, First, we thought it was because it's a shitty movie. Hopefully, that's not the case. Then the fucking COVID thing. And now, my friends, finally, some good news in the mix. They're pushing it forward. It was going to be released January 2022. It's now going to be released summer 2021, which is right around the corner. I'm pumped for that. The first one was pretty good. Had... uh, uh tyler levine in it and um the chick from daredevil whatever her name is uh the really hot one so i'm psyched for that uh upcoming board game alien fate of the nostromo is going to let you basically play in board game fashion the events of the first movie it's got little miniatures with it it looks cool um yeah, why not? Why not play an alien board game? Is, are, are there any other alien board games? I don't know. I know there's that alien role-playing game they were talking about, but you got to have a serious band of dorks to hang with that you don't mind spending time with. Is the real? That's the real kicker when it comes to role-playing games. Is You can have the dork friends, but how long can you stand being around those fucking guys? <laughs> that's the real conundrum right there. And that's why I can't hang out at uh, the game shops anymore. Uh, what else we got here? Lionsgate is developing an American Psycho TV series. Where is this going to air? I don't know. I know Lionsgate has partnered with a streaming service, which one I don't recall. Um it's nothing it's nothing yet so don't get your your panties all uh moist and dripping because it might end up just being uh you know they had a meeting about it and now that that made uh front page news over at bloody disgusting so don't get too excited just yet all right and even if you are excited let's not get our hopes up some most of these these uh tv shows based on horror movies aren't that fucking good that Rosemary's Baby one baby barely lasted four episodes, as I recall. Uh, what else? Wasn't there an Exorcist one? That one got shit-canned after two seasons. Um, that's even worse, in a way. Because you know somebody out there actually liked that show and was looking forward to the next season, and then no. No, you will not actually be doing that. Speaking of the next season of stuff, uh, David Fincher is in talks for a third season of Mindhunter over at uh, Netflix. I really liked that show. I thought it was a good just the uh, FBI profilers and all the dramatizations of the serial killers. I think la- I I watched the first season. I did not never got around to the second season, but I believe Charles Manson was involved in the second season. Somebody was playing Charles Manson or they were trying to catch him or something like that. I don't know. Uh 
Pretty good show, though. Worth checking out. I don't know why they shit-canned that one after only two seasons. It Everybody I know liked that, likes that show. So I don't know what Netflix's problem was. There's that. Speaking of other things that got shit-canned and might be coming back, uh, 50 States of Fright. Do you remember that one? That was Sam Raimi's TV show that was airing on Quibi, Quibi, whatever the fuck that thing is. Uh, Quibi was a streaming service, as I recall, that only lasted, I know you had to pay for it, I think it was like five bucks a month, but it only lasted like a year, and then they shut the whole shit down. And unfortunately, uh, 50 States of Fright went with it. But now, I've got some good news for you. Uh, it's going to Hulu. So there's that. You can finally watch it. I never subscribed to Queeby. I don't even know. I, I could. This show was the only thing I knew of that was on Queeby. And there was other stuff that was out there floating around. And they had big plans. But then after a year, they just shut the whole shit down. I don't know what Queeby's problem is. It, maybe it is still a thing. Who knows? All right. Anyway. That's all I got on the horror news, dudes. Uh, why don't we jump into some listener mail here? Listener mail. Yeah, buddy. I got emails. I got voicemails. I got all kinds of fun stuff going on over here. Uh, let's kick it off with an email. Here comes uh, the Cowboy Eve from right here in Reno, Nevada. Subject line, another solo show, question mark. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and someone made it in tonight so Darian isn't talking to the plants again. Ha <laughs> Well, the joke's on you, Cowboy, because uh, the plants have all died. <laughs> the, 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 the good news, though, is that I've got my collection of skulls over here that people keep buying for me so i'm talking to them tonight and they are my uh live studio audience best wishes for monica hope surgery went well and that she has a speedy recovery and a quick return back didn't see buddy at work so i'm guessing he's still out of town safe travels for him i have tried the oculus rift before and it is awesome the horror games on it sound amazing i've mentioned before the free roam vr at the gsr i've done that it's badass and worth trying at least once Okay, you're thinking of the Oculus Rift there, cowboy. What I got is the Oculus Quest, which is a whole other thing, man. And I've tried the Oculus Rift. It's it's okay, but it ain't got shit on the Quest, man. The Quest will blow your fucking balls off. Uh, totally agree about being more of... Uh, wait a minute. Okay, totally agree about being more for the Adams Family over the Monsters. And I'm curious how Rob Zombie will do it. It'll be worth checking out just for Sherry Moon Zombie. I agree. It's funny you mention the eight films to die for. I have a few of the collections, but I paid far less for them by finding them at a used bookstore. <laughs> now, for educate, nice try for the deep dive, but your... Uh, I don't know. He just left a big blank space here. I think he... Uh, I don't know. I think he meant to enclose a picture or something that's not coming up. Look forward to the shenanigans uh, in the morning. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Uh, cowboy nailed me on what are you looking or uh, educating Darian. I was the ghost galleon and he texted me the next morning. I think he's fucking Googling it is what he's doing. He's like, he hears the clues and then he just types in horror movies with models on a boat. And then, of course, ghost galleon pops up. 
I know what you're doing, cowboy. You're not fooling me, all right? Son of a bitch. It's cheating. It's not really. I don't I don't really care. It's just fun. <laughs> it's just fun to try to guess these stupid movies. I'm going to go even deeper this this time, cowboy. Fuck you up. Here comes some email or uh, voicemails. Now, this first voice, voicemail is coming from Monica's pod boyfriend, Tom Hardy. But I have to warn you that it actually came in right smack dab in the middle of last week's show. So whatever he's talking about is going to be a week old. So there's that. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? Hey, not too bad. I hope everything's going well. Hope you guys are doing good. Wonder who we got in the uh, chairs tonight. It was just me last you week. want to call in real quick? Ain't got much. You know, you were talking about... Uh, Huh. female slashers and yeah but you know how you said there there weren't any you know like i guess series female slashers or, right uh you know that had their own like franchise or whatever yeah man. what about uh sleepaway camp remember angela hey. I mean, come on now she was pretty decent right she I mean, was not technically female yeah, pretty silly, but pretty decent anyway show, uh but... on the educating department uh of course i remember to call in but i have no fucking clue who you are <laughs> and uh uh, the what are you looking at department? Yeah, uh, got to catch this flick, uh, brutal massacre. It's oh, a yeah. comedy, but it's you know based in a uh, horror, making a horror movie. I think you guys have probably talked about it before. It's we pretty did. Good. It was fun. You know, I liked it. And I also got to catch this flick called Holidays. It's okay. A uh, compilation. Oh yeah. Like six, seven, eight flicks and uh, anthology Around stories, the and they're all based around you know certain holidays. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, had some good ones. There was a. Uh, there's one uh, for Easter where yeah. the monster is, is particularly uh, brutal looking. I yeah. Highly recommend that. Good stuff. The movie as a whole, though, ah, eh, just all right. Yeah. Anyhow, like I said, I ain't got much. I hope y'all are doing well. Love you, like family, and bye. Love you too, Tom Hardy. That's kind of why I am burnt on anthologies. Even if there is one good one, you know there's going to be some real dumpers in there. I think uh, just if I had to pick like a favorite anthology series or a favorite anthology movie, I would probably go with Southbound right off the top of my head. I'd, I'd have to think about that for a while. Creepshow's not bad, but it's more of a nostalgia thing. Same thing with Creepshow 2. Um I would say probably Southbound. Uh, Mexico Barbaro was not bad. But again, in the spectrum of the uh, the vignettes in there, some are better than others. And the stinkers, because they're so short, are going to stink that much more. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see what else we got here. Here comes the man with the plan from the funky, disgusting South. Here comes Mr. Alan Chacha. Hey, room. What's up? What's up, Alan? Been a while. It's the uh, Rocket Propelled Grenade Launcher people calling you. RPG. So I hope everybody's doing good. I yeah. <laughs> um, got to check out Mortal Kombat this weekend. Me too. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, song seriously reminded me of Gene Simmons from Kiss, and this was the I hair and see the that. And Anyway, um, all the boys love Mandy Lane. It's been a while since I've seen that. I remember really liking it. It's not bad. I guess I'm on Amber Heard. You can't out hot that kind of crazy. Chick, chick, chick in the bed. That's how you don't know how hot she is. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. See, I see that as a challenge, Alan. You can take you, you can if you look like Amber Heard, you can take a dump in my in my bed. I'm not going to be happy about it, but 
you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick you out of the house just yet. Now you take three or four dumps in my bed over the span of like uh, you know a, a week. Now now it might be time for you to go. You at, at that point, Alan, you're a repeat offender, and uh, as hot as you are, I can't handle the smell that would come with that or the flies. And uh, I would be more embarrassed about when the housekeeper shows up and I have to explain to her again why there's a turd in my bed. <laughs> she is crazy. God damn it. I wish I, 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 I've dated strippers. Okay. And I know, you know, when the crazy, there's like a crazy point of no return at which point you have to say, okay, you're hotter than shit and we have fun uh when i'm hammered and uh i enjoy your sexual um uh, talents <laughs> and i like that you make my friends jealous but you are too much and i cannot so i must bid you a fond to do i must set you free you crazy hot lady and you must go in frolic and fields of uh probably bikers or uh other felons <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's a horrible analogy i don't know why i even came up with that okay uh this uh tom hardy called back uh this time for this week so this voicemail will be current hey yo hey yo padded room how's my favorite degenerates this hey not week? too bad I just... better keep this one short since you got one from last week already waiting for I do. you. But, uh, That's okay. Anyway, just wanted to get in real quick. I didn't have much anyway. Uh, I was able to catch the uh, the flick Spider Hole. That was all right. Uh, I was kind of hoping. I was hoping for more of a slasher than than a thriller. But yeah. it wasn't bad. And uh, yeah. I don't want to say much about it since it is pretty new. But uh, I did enjoy the ending. I thought the. Uh, the way they uh, pulled off the ending, I thought was pretty good. I'm not mad at that. Uh, I did have one question, though, however, yes, for sir. you about last week's episode there, Mr. Brock. Uh-huh. Um, I, you had mentioned, okay, you know, so, uh, you know, so she's, uh, she's got a belly full of jizz and shit, so obviously she's all disoriented and wandering around. Is that true? Does, I don't like, know. A, a belly full of jizz, does that get you, like, disoriented, like, do I don't all know. the porn stars in Chatsworth have to like <laughs> like sit on the couch for like you know an hour or whatever? It would before appear they so, set, you know, until they get like their bearings back. It's quite I possible. Mean, I know the padded room is known for, if nothing else, good, concise, accurate science. So Absolutely. I assume it must be true. Absolutely. Anyway, don't know who you are in the educating. Uh, I assume Buddy's not going to be there, and I assume Monica's not going to be there because, well. Why the hell would they? Right, exactly. Anyway, love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Th- hey, thank you for sticking with me. At least, at least we have each other, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man, about the belly full of jizz thing, but that's what it appeared to happen uh, in All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Uh, the little hottie uh, Hispanic chick sucked a dick. Guy said adios, no pun intended, and then she just kind of staggered off into the night to be uh, assaulted by our killer about 15 minutes later. So, I mean, I, th- perhaps there are some intoxicating properties to uh, male semen. Perhaps the, the dude uh, that produced said semen was heavily intoxicated, thus maybe it uh, carries through the urethra into the mouth. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not going to try to rationalize that before I get myself in any more trouble. Uh, that is all we have on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Alan, and Cowboy for your correspondence. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But uh, the padded room, what I do know is the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com is the email in which you can write to us or me. Uh, the next season of the Terra Dome is right around the corner, kids, and the uh, killers are being taken up pretty fast. Get your picks in quick before somebody else does, and you can't do that anymore. Um, or you can call me on the regular old uh, mental health hotline at uh, area code 775-387-0275. In the meantime, I think it's time for me to tell you about a young lady by the name of Jane Doe. Autopsy of Jane Doe from 2016, directed by Andre Overdahl, written by Ian Goldberg. This one's coming in at 6.8 stars on IMDb. Well earned, in my opinion. Stars the Brian Cox, Emil Hirsch, and Ophelia Lovabond. Um, it's got a solid R rating for reasons that we will get into here momentarily. My friends, if you have not seen this movie, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, it's been out for about five years now. I'm sure you have, or you've at least heard of it, or heard me and my, my cronies ranting and raving about it, because it's a great fucking movie. Um, we're going to start off in Grantham, Virginia, which I assume to be a small picturesque town, or so it looks. But we're going to go right to a crime scene in Grantham, Virginia. A nasty one at that. Uh, Big 
picturesque house, uh, kind of like a farmhouse kind of a gig. Uh, dead bodies everywhere. Blown to bits, gunshot wounds, burns, stabbings, like uh, somebody just took a mosh pit and threw a bunch of, uh, like a Rubbermaid thing full of weapons into the middle of it and let them all go. Except instead of having a bunch of drunken party goers, it was like uh, your parents and your grandparents and the neighbor girl. And you, of course. <laughs> you got tossed into the mix also. So it's pretty gnarly. It's pretty bloody. The cops are there. They've got all the uh, evidence markers out and the chalk out- outlines. And they're trying to figure what the fuck happened here. I have no idea. They get down to the basement and they find another dead body. This one in pristine condition. And half buried in the dirt floor of the basement. Uh, it's a female. Uh, probably mid-twenties, very attractive, nude, Caucasian, uh, appears to have been dead longer than anybody else in the house, but still in much better condition. So, now we're going to, we're going to cut to, across town, to the local, uh, funeral home. Um, now I assume this to be a family-run business. But at the same time, they're capable of doing like coroner, coroner's work. So they can, they can take care of your funerary needs, but they also double as a coroner and they can, you know, discern cause of death, things like that. But it's still owned and operated by a family, so to speak. And it's, uh, oh Christ, uh, the Tildens, Tildens Funeral Home. And this place is pretty dope, dude. Big uh, ranch style house. And, like, two floors underneath it is where the autopsy lab and the cadavers and all that shit is. It's, it's like, underground. And they've got, like, a whole facility down there full of forensic uh, equipment and laboratory-style stuff. And there's an office down there. And they actually have to take an elevator down, or they can take an elevator down uh, to that level to where they do their, their job pretty gnarly we're gonna meet the proprietors of this business tommy tilden is uh the the senior autopsy guy coroner uh mortician i guess for lack of a better term and his son austin who's uh probably in his early no nah, i would say mid to late 20s he's play, it's played by brian cox and emil hirsch and they're a father-son duo and this is their job they are small town coroners slash funerary morticians, uh, funerary practitioners, whatever that industry is called. I'm sure there's a name for it, but that's what they do there. Uh, They are just finishing up on another dead body that is suffering horrific burn damage. Uh, We get to see this guy. He is fucked up, man. He's got like one eyeball the size of a softball. The rest of his body is completely covered in burn damage. And, uh, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing the autopsy and taking out the organs and weighing them and repackaging them. I guess that's what you do in an autopsy. (laughs) I don't know. They seem to be pretty content to separate everything out into garbage bags. I I don't know if that's actually what happens. Uh, I like to think that they would at least use like Tupperware containers or something to that extent. Um, once they kind of get this guy done, Tommy is like, hey, Austin, what do you think the cause of death was here? And he's like, well, obviously it was a fire, right? And he's like, yeah, but what was the actual cause of death? He's like, well, probably smoke inhalation. And he's like, well, uh, at a first glance, you're probably right, but take a look at his lungs. They're not too badly fucked up. 
He's like, yeah, all right. So then he takes a uh, closer look and he realizes that he had this guy has like a, a gaping head wound. So he's like, what happened? Well, we did toxicology on him and we found large amounts of fentanyl in his system. So he probably popped some pills, collapsed, hit his head. That's what killed him. And then since he's just he lived alone and he's just a dead guy on the floor, his house caught on fire. He was already dead at that point, but that's where all the, the damage comes from. So Tommy, what we're discerning from this conversation is that Tommy definitely knows the business, definitely knows what he's talking about, and he's very good at uh, cause of death. And Austin is following his father's footsteps, is a very... Uh, very healthy relationship for, with between these two. I mean, as healthy as you can be when you spend all your time in a basement with dead bodies. Uh, you know, that's got to be a thing. And we're also going to find out that Austin's mother passed away not too recently, and that sucks. Uh, they finish up with that body, and Austin's girlfriend, Emma, stops by because Austin's got a big date with Emma. He's going to take her to the movies. Yay! Emma's pretty hot. She's played by Ophelia Lovabond. Lova Bond. Um, I feel like we've seen this young lady before. I think she was in Troll Hunter, but I'm going to IMDb her real quick and tell you that she was actually in uh, other movies such as Guardians of the Galaxy. She played Karina, whom I do not re recall. Um, Rocket Man. She played Arabella. I have not seen that movie. Um, Hooten and the Lady, not sure what that's all about. Flipsy, um, Thor Ragnarok, she, or no, Thor in the Dark World, she was Karina again. I don't remember Karina from any of these movies. Um, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Okay, so anyway, yeah, she's been around. Uh, fairly attractive young lady. Uh, her and Austin are pretty excited. They're going to go to the movies, and they seem to be in a comfortable relationship. As they're leaving, however, the town sheriff rolls up with a body bag, and Austin's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "Hey, I got to talk to your dad. I got a got a dead body here." And then Austin goes, "Oh fuck! Uh, uh, I was just leaving though, but can you just..." Uh so he cuts a deal with uh, Emma. They're going to catch a late show, and he's going to stay behind now to help his dad with this surprise dead body. So he goes back down to the lab, and this is where we get kind of the back the backstory on this. Uh, he's the sheriff is explaining to Tommy that you know big mess over at the Harris house. Uh, he's going to write that off to a breaking and entering gone bad. And uh, But what he can't figure out is this mysterious dead body they found in the basement. Who is the attractive, hot, naked chick that I mentioned earlier? He needs Tommy to come up with a cause of death on this young lady. And uh, if he can figure out anything about how she got put in the basement to begin with, that would be helpful also. And he needs it by the end of the night. It's already like 7 o'clock. Tommy's like, all right, all right, we'll do it. I'll do it, I'll do it. So then comes Austin, all right, I'll stay and help. And Tommy's like, no, get out of here, go on your date, I can handle this. He's like, no, Dad, I'm not going to leave you, we'll figure this out, it'll be faster this way. She, I'll go on a date with her later. So away goes Emma and the sheriff, and uh, now we're left with Tommy, Austin, and our mysterious Jane Doe dead body here in the underground autopsy chamber of death. How kick-ass of an escape room would this be? An autopsy of Jane Doe themed escape room. It would be pretty hard to do. 
because you'd have to get a naked chick to lay motionless on a table. Uh, and, uh, I mean, if you could get like one of those real sex dolls and you have to perform an autopsy on it, uh, that would be pretty dope. Except that let's be, <laughs> let's be honest. If it looks anything like her, there's not going to be a lot of autopsying happening. Mostly just playing with boobies and <laughs> other inappropriate fondlings of the real sex doll. All right, anyway, uh, that's pretty gnarly. That's what they got to do, though, man. They got to figure out how this young lady died. So they uh, set up the video cameras. Apparently, they videotape every autopsy. Start with their records. Uh, Austin starts taking Polaroids of her, uh, getting the stats, you know, uh, Caucasian female, approximately mid-20s, no discernible damage. Uh, Goes to, gets, you know... uh, Brown hair, brown eyes. Uh-oh, what's up with her eyes? He opens her eyes and they are gray. Now, apparently this is a thing that happens to dead bodies. Their eyes cloud over at a certain point. But uh, that, according to them, that level of decomposition doesn't happen until much later. So, given the fact that she is not decomposed at all, her eyes should still be whatever their natural color are at this point. So, we can't really discern, or they can't really discern, A, how long this young lady has been dead, B, how she died just yet, because there's no, like, wounds or uh, bullet holes or anything like that. So, they're a little confused to start with. Uh, Start looking around, you know, uh, fingernails are intact, Uh, everything seems all right from the outside, And then uh, Austin makes the casual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck. He makes like a casual observance all of a sudden that her, both her wrists and both her ankles are fractured. And I don't mean just like a hairline fracture. I mean, they're basically snapped clean off, but her hands and feet are still attached, but you can see the bone like wiggling around inside the skin it's nasty so he's like oh fuck okay so that's something uh he goes to his little chalkboard and makes a note of it so she was bound uh hands and feet apparently but there's no bruising on the hands or the feet or the ankles or the wrists or anywhere where there should be very confusing so now he's poking around a little bit more he's like okay let's take a look at her teeth make sure see if she's got any opens her mouth oh shit her tongue has been ripped out completely. Nasty. I mean, not like by the root, but like somebody pulled it out and snipped it off with a pair of scissors. Oh, God, that's creepy as shit. And she's missing one of her molars. But again, no bruising, no blood anywhere on the body. Uh, I mean, it's possible that somebody cleaned the body off after this, but you would still see signs of trauma uh, like on the skin, like bruising and contusions and things like that. Nothing. Nothing at all. All right, that's crazy. That's weird. Like, well, this is this is pretty uh, interesting. So they, they're like, this is getting kind of weird, but all right. So now it's time to actually open her up and take a look inside and see what they find. So uh, Tommy makes the initial incision. He does the Y incision. I don't know what the point of that is for autopsies, but apparently that's procedure is you have to make that Y incision on the chest. Uh, opens her up. First thing he notices right off the bat is that her lungs uh, are severely burnt. There's like a lot of burn damage on her lungs, like from like 
possible smoke inhalation and extreme heat. So that's crazy as shit because there's no burn damage on the exterior of the body. The exterior of the body, with the exception of the autopsy scar, is pristine. So he's confused as shit. He's like, what the hell? What the hell is this all about? Now, this is when the really weird shit starts. Already they've got this weirdo dead body that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, They have a cat down there. Pet cat uh, named Stanley. Stanley goes missing, and then we hear him thump, thump, thumping around in the air conditioning ducts. So we pop open one of the grates to find out what all the the thumping around is in there. Stanley is not only in there, but he has been horrifically mangled. Shit. And then Tommy has to kill him on the spot by snapping his neck and throwing him in the uh, crematorium. Now, that takes some balls. And we also find out in this scene that uh, Stanley the cat was like the only thing that Tommy had left of his dead wife, which is particularly sad. Uh, But Tommy is like, he's pretty stoic. So he does it, gets rid of the cat, puts it in the incinerator, and then he like takes a minute and then he's right back at work trying to figure out this Jane Doe. All right, well, that's interesting. You know, that sucks. I'm not a big fan of cats myself, but... uh, I don't like losing pets, and I definitely don't want to have to be the executioner of said pet uh, if it gets lost in the air conditioning ducts. And I definitely don't want to have to put it in an incinerator. Jesus Christ. All right, so we're already short a a, uh, a cat. Now, outside the house, there's a big storm brewing. And, you know, you can hear the wind and the banging around and the trees and all that stuff. Like a, like a hurricane or... Maybe not that bad, but enough to enough to piss you off and cause the uh, power to start flickering and things like that. Uh, they turn on the radio. They're trying to lighten the mood a little bit, especially since they just had to put their cat down. Uh, all they have down there, though, is like an AM-FM with an antenna. And you wouldn't think reception would be that great underground, but uh, they're getting a few channels. But with the weather cutting out, it's getting it's kind of cutting in and out. So the one channel that they it like keeps going back to is it's like one song of some like uh I don't know it's like a weird folk song being sung by little girls. I want to say it's some kind of a church hymn, but given the lyrics that were given, there's no kind of religious ramification to it. So they're like, "Oh, is this is something about letting your heart uh, open up your heart and let the sun shine in or something like that. It's creepy. It's creepy as shit. It reminds me a lot of the music from The Strangers. Uh, but it keeps going back to that, which is weird. Uh, weather's getting worse. Uh, power's starting to flicker. Um, now, one thing that we we glazed over is that there's a couple of other dead bodies in this morgue situation. One of them is an old lady who died of natural causes. She's already been prepped for burial. Eyes and mouth have been sewn shut. Uh, another one is a guy that had his face blown off with a uh, shotgun. Uh, given some dialogue earlier in the movie, we find out that it was probably made to look like a suicide, but they found some pretty weird shit in his bloodstream that makes it makes him uh cast some dispersions on how the real what the real cause of death was uh what else i think it's just those two right but uh one thing that tommy does he stands on tradition he attaches little bells to their toes and he explains to emma 
that uh, in the early days, it wasn't so easy to figure out if a guy was dead or if he was just in a coma. So old school morticians and funerary practitioners would attach bells to their toes so that if they started wiggling or jiggling, everybody would hear it and they would know that guy's not actually dead. All right, so, you know, that's, that's a fun little fact for you there, something that Tommy still in, likes to indulge in with the little bells on the toes. Of course, that's going to come into play later, right? Uh, now the, the power is starting to cut in and out. It's creepy. It's freaky as shit, but uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, there is a storm outside. And they need to continue with their jobs and finding out how this young lady died. So they dive right back in. They dive right back into this chick uh, via the autopsy scar. Now they're going to open up her stomach and they're going to find some really weird shit. (laughs) The first thing they pull out is a flower. Like a full formed, uh, it's not quite blossoming, but it is got some size to it. They pull it out and they're like, what the fuck is this? It doesn't look as though she chewed it up or swallowed it. It looks like it was, it's like a fully, you know, it's like a full form flower. It's not like flower petals or stems and seeds or anything. It's a full on flower in her stomach. So they pull that out. Like, how the fuck did this get in there? Uh, They start looking at it. Tommy runs over to some of his botanical books and he realizes that what he's got there is something called jimson weed which is apparently a paralyzing agent so not only was she forced to eat this but given the state of the flower it looks like it was actually shoved down her throat which is interesting it's like okay all right well that kind of makes a little bit more sense uh she was paralyzed and then tortured uh terribly but because she was paralyzed she wouldn't be able to struggle which would make this kind of account for some of the lack of bruising, they think. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, They get in there, again, looking around in her stomach, nothing else interesting, start going through her intestine, and they come up with something uh, kind of clotting one of the lower intestines. So they pop, pop open the lower intestine, pull it out. What it is, is it looks at first like a little um, satchel. I guess, for lack of a better term. They pull it out, they open it up, and wouldn't you know, it's her missing fucking tooth, and it's wrapped up in this weird cloth situation. So that's that's pretty interesting too. So now Austin is like speculating on who she is and where she came from. He's thinking that she was like abducted and was on the verge of being human trafficked perhaps, or... You know, maybe some drug cartel situation, but they open up the the little thing to find her missing tooth, and then they start looking at the cloth that it was wrapped in. It looks very old, and it's got a bunch of weird occult-looking symbology on it, along with some Roman numerals and some other stuff that is kind of hard to discern. So they pop, they put that under the microscope and start looking at it. Uh, it's creepy, and now we're going to Black Magic Town is what it feels like. And that's creepy too. And I don't want to be there. Uh, I don't want to be anywhere near that. I don't want to be in a, a basement with a dead guy, even if it is a hot chick. And I definitely don't want uh, black magic stuff around if I do, or if I am in that situation. So interesting. He's like, oh, this is really fucking weird all of a sudden. Now the lights cut out. And this time they don't come back on. Oh, shit. All right, all right, let's not panic. Uh, We're perfectly 
used to being around dead guys. So let's just go get in the elevator, go back upstairs, uh, see if we can't either get a generator on, or if not, then we'll just have to wait out the storm. So they go down the hallway to get in the elevator. No power, no elevator, Daddy. That's how that works. They hit the button, nothing happens. While they're waiting there, hoping that the elevator somehow comes to life, they hear one of the bells jingling from down the hall in the autopsy room. Ting, 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 ting. Ting, 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 ting. And then they hear the shuffling of feet. Oh, shit. Now, again, we should be alone down here, and we are perfectly used to hanging with dead bodies, but you got to admit, this is scary as shit. So, thinking quickly, Austin and Tommy are like, yeah, fuck this, and they duck into a side office where they quickly close the door and, uh, okay, there's a landline in here. Let's see if we can call for help. So Tommy gets on the phone, calls uh, his sheriff buddy. As soon as the sheriff picks up, the line starts getting all uh, staticky and then eventually goes dead with the storm outside. Fuck! And then, whatever it was that was outside is now banging on the door of the office. Hard. And, like, throwing kicks and punches at it. Uh, They're scared as shit now, so they take a uh, filing cabinet and move it in front of the door, barricading themselves in. Okay. All right, we're cool for a minute. The banging stops after a few minutes, but Jesus fucking Christ. Somebody is down here in the basement with us, and there is a, albeit unrealistic possibility that it's a dead guy walking around that we performed an autopsy on and still has a little bell attached to his uh, foot. Either way, this just went from uh, mildly creepy to absolutely terrifying, my friends. Uh, They're like, okay, well, you know, maybe uh, we're just overworked and the stress is getting to us. And Tommy steps into like a side bathroom for a second. And he's like, you know what? I think think if we just take a deep breath and then something from inside the side bathroom that we can't quite see grabs him, pulls him and throws him on the floor and kicks the door shut. Austin's outside banging on the door trying to get into the bathroom, help his dad. Inside, we don't really... You can't really discern what's happening to Tommy. All that you can see is that he gets thrown on the on the ground and some of his ribs get broken in the process. And whatever it is that jumps on top of him has those dead gray eyes, which is freaky as shit. Uh, eventually, Austin gets in. And by then, the coast is clear, though. Uh, Tommy's just laying on the, on the ground and he's like, oh, my fucking ribs. He's like, dude, what happened? He's like, something grabbed me. And then he comes clean and he's like, Hey, Austin, whatever it was that grabbed me, it had those gray eyes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, scary as shit, dude. All right. So this is strange, man. This is completely strange. Uh, We can write this off to overactive imaginations. We can write this off to Tommy taking a nasty spill in the bathroom. Uh, We just need to get the fuck out of here as soon as possible. Now... There is a second way into this weird laboratory basement. There's some storm doors that go directly outside. So they're like, let's go out there, get on the ladder, climb up the storm doors, climb up the ladder, get to the storm doors. We'll go outside. We'll uh, just fucking walk through the storm until we find somebody. Get the hell out of here. Excellent plan, amigo. Open the door. Go haul and ask to the storm doors. The fucking tree outside has collapsed and is laying across the storm doors. They can't get the sons of bitches open. Fuck. Now we are legitimately trapped down here with a bunch of scary dead people. One in particular. That is, we don't want any part of. All right. Shit. 
Let's just kind of think about this for a minute. What are we going to do now? Well, cooler heads have to prevail. This is weird and scary, but we still have a job to do, right? Right! Let's get back into the laboratory and finish the autopsy of Jane Doe. Maybe once we get some answers on where the fuck she came from and how she actually died, uh, I don't know, whatever this paranormal horse crap is, maybe that'll just kind of fizzle itself out or something. So, back into the lab they go. Continue the opera. The uh, emergency generator kicks on, so at least they have power and lights and shit again, which is good. Get down there. Start poking around in Jane Doe again. All right, taking pictures, all that stuff. Uh, Tommy is looking at her and he's like, what the fuck? There's something like in between her skin and her muscle. It's not like a foreign object. There's just something, I guess just doesn't look right. It looks like there's some kind of like a pattern perhaps. So he starts peeling the skin away from the muscle on her upper abdomen torso area. And once he gets it all peeled back, kind of like butterflying her in a weird way, we see that she has the same nutsack occult symbols tattooed, on, uh, assumingly tattooed, on the inside of her skin, which is fucking gross. I don't even know how you would do that. I, I would do, hazard to say it's probably impossible, right? So they're like, oh, fuck. What in the fuck is this? This is some weird shit. So now they are completely freaked out. And they're like, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't want any part of this. Uh, Tortured, bound, uh, whatever. Uh, We're just going to have to write this up. You know what? Uh, Now the lights are are flickering on and off. They actually get locked into the laboratory. The door closes and locks itself. They're like, yeah, we're getting out of here right now. Uh, Can't get out now. Now they're trapped in the laboratory area with the dead bodies. Uh, Austin is like, oh, no, we don't. Grabs a fire axe and just starts swinging it at the door, Jack Nicholson style, thinking he's going to chop his way through the door. He gets like a, uh, I don't know, like an envelope's worth of uh, wood removed from the, the, the front of the door to where he can see through it. And once he can see through it down into that hallway, he sees somebody walking around down there. So he's like, oh, fucking no. Uh, And then once that individual gets close enough to make out the features, then you can see that the eyes and lips have been sewn shut. And it's the old lady from uh, locker number three. And she's up walking around and you can hear her bell chip chiming around. Oh, shit. We have dead people walking around in the basement of this house is what we're saying. And this bizarro dead body that's not walking around, but is equally as dangerous because it's probably causing all of this paranormal horse shit and has already broken Tommy's ribs. We have a serious situation on our hands here, inmates. Fuck. What are we going to do? We got to think quick. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the fucking problem is, but we're just going to fire up the incinerator. We're going to put her in it, and that's going to hopefully be the end of that. Try to get the incinerator running. Can't do it. Won't 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 kick over. Won't get the uh, ignition going. Fuck. Uh, Austin, being the enterprising young man, he's like, "Well, I can I can fix that." So he just grabs a canister of um, I don't know what it was, some kind of flammable liquid, douses Jane Doe's body in it, and lights her up. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite go as well as he'd hoped because the fire immediately jumps to the ceiling and engulfs the entire laboratory in flames and oh shit we 
are probably going to burn the whole fucking house down. So Tommy's like, get a fire extinguisher, you idiot. So they run around with the fire extinguishers, put the fire out. As the fire is going out in the, around the laboratory, and it's also going out on Jane Doe. And that's when we see that Jane Doe is still 100% intact, except for the autopsy scar. No burn damage at all, despite the fact that she was the human torch 36 seconds ago. Whoa, shit. Now what the fuck are we going to do? I don't know. They're still trapped in there. So it's like, okay, uh, I don't know. They can hear outside, though, outside in the hallway, the elevator is coming down. Holy shit, there's power to the elevator all of a sudden. So they go, they manage to get the door open. They go running out there to get in the elevator. Uh, okay, perfect. Here comes the elevator. Whew, here it comes. It's going to come down here, and then this door is going to open, and then we're both going to get in the elevator, and then we're going to close everything up, and then we're going to go upstairs, and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Okay, it's going to be awesome. So they're waiting, and they're waiting in the hallway, and here comes the elevator. It's slow as shit all of a sudden, by the way. And now here comes the, the bells jingling, ching, 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 and the feet shuffling from the darkness down at the end of the hallway. Oh, shit, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Here we go, here we go. Come on, come on, come on. Eventually, the elevator gets there. Get the, get the door open. Get in there. Uh, it's like one of those old school elevators where there's like a weird security. You've got the door, and then you got the security gate. So they get the, the gate closed, like... Half, only halfway though and then they're trying to close the door and it only goes like maybe three quarters of the way so there is enough room for whatever this thing is coming down the hall to easily get inside that elevator oh shit uh good news they still have the fire axe so tommy takes the axe away from austin he's like okay just stay behind me son come on he's trying to get the door closed get the elevator running you can still hear the feet shuffling and the bell jingling and then it's like pitch black in there too Eventually, uh, here comes this thing, and Tommy can't really see, so he just takes a wild swing with the axe. He catches it. You hear the thunk, and then you hear somebody hit the ground, and now him and Austin are, like, paralyzed, like, oh, shit, I think I just re-killed a dead guy or a zombie or something. And like, uh, well, and then eventually they come to the realization that the elevator's not going anywhere, so they open it up slowly to see what the hell uh, they just did to zombie number three. And that's where we realize that it wasn't a fucking zombie, you idiots. It was Emma. She made it down there and was coming to get you out. And you just buried an axe right in her chest. And she is now bleeding out on the floor and dies shortly thereafter. Fucking fuck, man. That is bad. That is really, really bad. They get out. Oh, God, Emma. No, no, Emma. What are we going to do? Tommy's like, it was dark. I thought she was one of those things or something. I don't know. Scary as shit. Uh, Once they kind of gather themselves and, you know, Austin isn't mad at at his dad for killing Emma. Uh, To be honest, he probably would have done the same thing. He just swung the axe wild in the dark. He had no idea who was in there, if anybody. And it just so happened to be Emma. So there's, he's not like resentful or anything, but... Now we got to figure out what the fuck we're going to do because we're right back at square one, except now we have murdered somebody. (laughs) So that really fucking sucks. And we don't know what we're going to do now. Okay, so now Austin starts thinking out loud. He's like, every time we cut into her, she tries to stop us. So the first time when they made the uh, autopsy incision was the first time the power went out. Okay. 
The second time when they started opening up her stomach and stuff, that's when uh, Tommy got attacked in the bathroom. All right. So now they're thinking, okay, maybe we should just close her back up and then we can, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Uh, let's just let's just keep working though. So uh, they both go back into the, the autopsy chamber. Again, this time the incinerator kicks on by itself. And now there is white smoke spewing forth into the 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 entire laboratory and they get in there and they get kind of confused and turned around and Tommy, where are you? I don't know. I, th- I thought I followed you in. I'm right behind you. No, you're not. You're over there. Uh, they get all discombobulated when they get in there because now it's full of smoke all of a sudden. Shit. Uh, fuck. They get in there and they're like, okay, let's, let's try to get the fan on or get some of this. See if you can get the incinerator off to start with and then we'll see what we can do. Uh, while that's happening, Tommy like leans in over Jane Doe and he's like, look, he's like talking to her. I don't know what we did to you and I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to you or where you came from, but leave my, do take me, do whatever you want to me. Just let my son go. So this is where shit gets really bad because <laughs> now the other dead bodies are up running around and they're like attacking Austin and as this conversation between Tommy and Jane Doe is happening, it's not really a conversation, uh, basically all the injuries that were sustained by Jane Doe are getting played out on Tommy. So his wrists and ankles get broken, like snapped clean off, but still in the skin. Um, his like The insides start to like rupture and twist because she had a bunch of other internal damage. All the smoke from the incinerator is pouring into his lungs, fucking him up. Uh, Austin manages to get free and he's like, dad, dad, let me help you. And he's like, you got to kill me. You got to kill me. It's the only way. Please, this is hurts really bad. So just go ahead and kill me. So Austin is like, I guess this makes sense. So he grabs a scalpel and stabs Tommy to death and Tommy's dead. And then as soon as that's done, everything calms the hell down. Smoke dissipates. Uh, Jane Doe like is right intact. This time she doesn't even have the autopsy uh, incision anymore she like sutures herself up she's right back to being pristine and beautiful still dead now she has brown eyes though so it's like she somehow absorbed tommy's life essence or something like that and he's like oh god dad no 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 oh fuck and then uh he starts hearing banging on the cellar door the storm doors so he goes out into the hallway he's like what the fuck he he, he can hear the sheriff like you know, yelling and screaming, "Hey, get away from the door! We're gonna, we're gonna get you out of there, buddy!" It's like, okay, yeah, go ahead. The door's stuck. I can't open it. So outside, supposedly, the sheriff is like hacksawing through the uh, tree that fell, but then he starts sing. The sheriff starts singing that song about letting sunshine in your heart. So Tommy's like, or Austin's like, wait, the what the fuck is this? And then, out of nowhere, he falls off the ladder, or it's like a weird spiral staircase, and plummets to his death uh, there at the bottom of the the cellar on the ground. And now he's dead also. Uh, From there, we're going to cut to the next morning when the sheriff actually does show up, gets in there and discovers all the dead bodies, and Jane Doe, still perfectly intact. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck happened here now? The exact same shit happened at a quiet house down the road. And then now this. 
And the, the, one of his deputies is like, hey, what do you want me to do with this uh, dead body here on the table? He's like, put it in a bag. Get it the fuck out of my county. Take it to some federal facility somewhere. I don't care. Just get it as far away from here as you possibly can. And that's what happens. And then as the, uh, uh, I guess, ambulance driver or deputy or coroner, whoever it is, is driving off with the body in the bag, uh, you just see her toe wiggle just the slightest amount and make like a little ting ding 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 sound and that's pretty much the end of your movie man it's the autopsy of jane doe from 2016 this one is fucking badass now i know i probably didn't do it justice in my description i can only convey so much suspense and darkness and terror and uh hot naked autopsied young ladies just using you know me running my mouth for an hour this is one that you definitely have to see to experience highly recommend this one great suspense great atmosphere the 90 percent of the movie is two guys in a basement and one hot naked chick who doesn't really have any lines although it was an actress it was an actual person that played jane doe and something that i really dug about this if you're paying attention if you're really paying attention, periodically the camera will, will cut to just a close-up of her face. And, you know, her, her facial expression will change just in the slightest from scene to scene. It, like at one scene when Tommy's kind of, uh, like when they're first opening her up and they're trying to be professional, you, can, you notice she has just kind of like this little smugness about her. And then when Tommy is like trying to bargain with her at the end, she's got kind of like an angry scowl a little bit. Not, not nothing obvious, but just like a little bit around the eyes. You can see like a scowl on her all of a sudden. It's very, it's very telling. Uh, I've seen this one more than a few times. It's a great movie. You're definitely going to want to check it out. I know it's streaming out there somewhere. I happen to have the Blu-ray myself, but uh, definitely check this one out. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break and I will come back with some other stuff, amigos.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. So that was it, inmates. That was this it. Well, this is actually the end of Female Villain Month here in the Padded Room. Uh, Tom Hardy makes a good point, although somewhat off the mark, I suppose, about Angela from um, Sleepaway Camp being a somewhat female, <laughs> a practicing female slash. I guess she's not technically female, though. Is the thing. Remember. At the very end, where you get to see where her dick wa- <laughs> was. Hey, gets, uh, I don't know if that really counts as a female. I would call those slasher movies, though. So there's that. Um, there are plenty of horror films with female villains. Uh, usually it falls into some kind of a witchy, ghosty, kind of a supernaturally alien-y kind of a thing. I would just like to see a crazy broad uh, and not not in like a fatal attraction kind of a way. Just crazy for the purposes of being crazy. She doesn't have to be uh, the lover scorned, you know. She could just be a Michael Myers or a, a, a I guess not really a, well, I mean, why not make her undead? Make her a Jason Voorhees, you know. I would like to see more of that. Um, I mean, if all we have to go off of thus far is Blood Widow, there is a lot of room for improvement. And uh, maybe maybe that'll be the next padded room uh, picture. Will be some kind of a female slasher situation. I don't know, man. I would like to see more more females. I think I think it's time. I think it's time for a female slasher. You know, let's make a decent one, and let's see if we can't get some kind of a franchise going. You know, why not? It shouldn't even have to be hot. I mean, I would prefer a sexy female slasher, but. Uh, I don't know. I I, I don't think I want like a big burly chick running around stabbing people. Because then you're basically, you might might as well just go ahead and make her a male at that point, you know. I don't know. That's just me. I'm thinking out loud. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you, Cooper, by the way, for your Patreon donation and your uh, choosing the theme of April here in the padded room, female villains. Uh, May is wide open, but I'm going to go ahead and announce it right now. May is going to be be month here in the padded room now i know what you're thinking you're thinking here comes a bunch of horse shit and you're probably right and we're picking modern movies uh i got the list right here that are all streaming on tubi if you don't know what tubi is inmates it's a free streaming service um tubi t-u-b-i you can download the app you'll have instant access to all of the uh the movies you don't even have to create an account or anything. It's just right there for you. It's also a Roku channel. You can go to the website. Uh, all of this month's movies are presently streaming on Tubi. We're going to start it off next week with Transference from 2020. No idea what this movie's about, but it is in the horror section, so there's that. I'll announce that again at the end of the show. But first, I must tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at?
So the new season of uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob and Darcy has popped up on uh, Shudder. And I caught the first episode. It included Mother's Day from 1980, which I watched with Joe Bob commentary. He actually also had special guest Eli Roth uh, on for this one also. Eli Roth is obsessed with Mother's Day. I don't know why. Uh, I've actually found that there's quite a few horror fans that are batshit crazy for Mother's Day. I'll never understand that. Uh, It's one of those movies that seems to be vaunted in the horror community that I just can't get behind. To me, it's fucking dumb. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) It's It's dumb as shit. It's rape revenge, but in a very silly, uh, almost cartoonish way where we just had to ramp up the silliness to a whole other level. The rape is actually pretty tame, um, all things considered. Weird theatrics with props and park benches and uh, characters and things like that. Going into the rape, you know what I mean? Do you want to do you want to rape somebody or do you want to fuck around all night? Apparently, these guys want to fuck around all night. Anyway, Eli Roth is obsessed with this movie. I didn't know that, and he broke the whole thing down. Uh, they did that, and then they also did the House by the Cemetery from 1981. The uh, Lucio Fulci was it Lucio Fulci? I'm pretty sure it was Lucio Fulci classic. Um, that's another one that Eli Roth is obsessed with. We've done that movie here on the show, and it is but it's. There's a lot, a lot going on there with that movie. And perhaps too much, one might say, to a point where a lot of things simply don't make sense because there is so much to unpack there. You have uh, like a ghost kind of a situation with the old house. And then you have this weird uh, Frankenstein type of a dude living in the basement of the old house. And then you have all kinds of other fucking nonsense going on. Uh it it doesn't make there's there's a lot there that doesn't make sense but for some reason uh Eli Roth is obsessed with that one also and he did his best to try to make some of it make sense and he explained why some of it doesn't make sense like the the Italian American differences in how you know they're into different stuff and that stuff doesn't always translate to American audiences but sometimes they try to make things specifically for American audiences, but because they don't really know how, they just kind of have to wing it, and then shit gets even more fucked up from there. He did a whole deep dive. It's definitely worth watching. Um, More for the commentary than the movie. Uh, The House by the Cemetery is really neither here nor there, but listening to him break the whole thing down and Joe Bob ask questions and stuff like that, it's it's something. <laughs> it's not going to make me reevaluate House by the Cemetery, but it is it is interesting to get his take on some of those things. So I watched those two movies and I also watched Mortal Kombat from 2021. Brand spanking new. Had a little shindig at my house. Uh had some friends over. We all had some drinks and ate some uh I forget what we ate, but we ate some food and watched Mortal Kombat. It's a pretty good show, man. Um I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit of a Mortal Kombat doofus, and I, I can tell you things about the lore of that game and the characters and where things go and where things are supposed to go and stuff like that. It doesn't really follow the mythos like to a T. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but they, they have like this weird 
mystic energy they call Arcana or something like that. That's never in the game. Uh, the character of Cole Young is never in the game, although I do suspect that they're going to try to tie him to Johnny Cage. Maybe he's going to change his name to Johnny Cage and become a real asswipe or something like that. Yeah, something's going to happen there. Um, which it, it, it kind of pissed me off when this mysterious Cole Young kills Prince Goro. <laughs> I'm not. Now, again, I fully admit I am a Mortal Kombat doofus, and I can tell you the, the lore behind this game is very extensive. And all the other dor- do- dorks and doofuses out there saw that and went, wait a fucking minute there. We don't even know who this guy is. You think he's going to kill Prince Goro, the nine time Mortal Kombat champion? Ah, I don't know about that. Um, anyway, if you can, if you if you're not a Mortal Kombat doofus and you can just take this movie at face value, it's pretty good, man. And there is a lot of other sub storylines going on that are much more attractive than this just this Cole Young character, Scorpion and Sub Zero, the Shirai Ryu and the Lin Kuei, uh, all the fucking nonsense between the Black Dragon and Spec Ops. It's they laid the groundwork for all of it. Which ones of the all these various storylines they could pursue or are going to pursue in future installments? We're just going to have to wait and see. I'm excited either way, just because I like goddamn Mortal Kombat that much. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. Let's talk a little bit of the old uh, immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion Therapy. What did we think of Spider Hole? Not too bad. I wasn't I wasn't mad at it. Um, not the greatest thing I've ever seen. There was a twist at the end. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But I, I like the way that they kind of pieced it together. I, what I didn't like was these fucking kids. And there's that part at the beginning, there's a part at the beginning where they, they're basically squatters and they break into this old house and like on the first night there, they make this loud and proud proclamation about how this is now their house and anybody else in there needs to get the fuck out and anybody that tries to take with them can fuck off. Now I'm all for hubris, especially when it comes to kids and horror movies because it makes it just a little bittersweet when they actually meet their demise. But these kids struck me as particularly douchey, and it might have just been the English accents, now that I think about it. Maybe I'm some kind of a racist against Englishmen. <laughs> if if such a creature exists, I don't know. But uh, it's not a bad show. I like the look of the house. I like the, uh, it was very, the like the aesthetic of it was very Night of the Demons to me. Just the way we had all the winding hallways and the uh, the poorly lit, ruinous uh, rooms and like the the cobwebs and the, the the set design was was really something in this one, um, almost to a fault because much like Night of the Demons, you can get lost in this place and kind of get disoriented the whole time. You're thinking, why don't you just jump out of a window? And then you realize that window is like four stories up, and you could probably kill yourself if you do. But uh, that notwithstanding, it's not a bad show. If you can if you can gut it out to the end, they do a nice job of of kind of 
buttoning all the hatches in a weird way, if that makes any sense. I might be using the wrong metaphor. <laughs> I should probably stop talking now. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Boys from County Hell from 2020. It's directed by Chris Baugh. You can find this bad guy streaming on Shudder as we speak. Check that shit out, inmates. We'll do the same, and we can compare our notes next weekend or next week. Uh, in the meantime, you have to educate me, I'm afraid. Educating Miss Monica. Miss Monica's not here. Uh, I tried to do a deep dive last week. Cowboy got me anyway. Uh, I'll hit you with my clues one more time. Uh, This is a publicity stunt gone wrong. I thought I was a genius by picking three of my hottest models, putting them in my top-of-the-line bikinis, and setting them adrift out on the ocean so that they could be rescued live on the news and we could get some free uh, uh, advertising for our line of bikini wear. Instead, they ended up rolling into a fog bank and coming across a weird um, old ship that we thought was deserted at first, but then once they got on board the old ship, we found out it wasn't, and nothing good came from there. It's the Ghost Galleon, uh, one of the Blind Dead movies. It's not very good, but if you're like me and you got like a soft spot for the Blind Dead, it's actually one of the better ones, if you ask me. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, fuck. Our van broke down in the middle of this shitty town, and uh, turns out the locals don't much care for our uh, musical tastes. Thus, we have been, uh, well, let's just say we met with our ends, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the story for us, because we are coming back to play one last gig. And we might run into a werewolf, We might even run into Adolf fucking Hitler in this town, but we are going to play that last gig if it kills us, which I guess it technically already has. There's that, inmates. Think about that. See what you can come up with. Let me know if you you nail me on this one. ThePaddedRoom2011 at Hotmail.com or the uh, Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. Uh, in the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Uh, thank you for joining me and for sticking it out with me in my uh, my solo shows here. Um, May is going to be Tubi Month. Join me next week for Transference from 2020 uh, to kick things off. All of the titles we do in May are going to be 100% uh, available on Tubi TV. Just go to Tubi.com or download the app or install the Roku channel, and you will have access to all four of these movies. In the meantime, please like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this show. If you would like control of, uh, I guess, June, a $5 donation at the uh, Patreon link, you can find that at paddedroompodcast.com. In the meantime, for Miss Monica in absentia, Buddy in absentia, me, who's been rambling for far too long, uh, a possible American Psycho TV show that we may or may not ever see. And if we do see it, we may wish that we hadn't. For uh, Houses by the Cemetery and Mothers Who Insist on Weird...
theatrical rape situations uh, with their sons, starring as the main male leads, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Put my hands up.